Hello again, everyone, moms and dads, boys and girls. You are in the chatterbox. This is episode 73, Colleen. We'll explain why right after this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled fled to thy protection, protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm sure some of our acute listeners will realize, show 73, wait a minute. Well, we um, today is the 16th of January. We're celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King. Junior. Junior. And, uh, and so a week ago on the 9th, we were all set. We were all dressed up with no place to go. We had Father John Lovell queued up over in his Chicago office, and the demons got into the uh, studio it took chris a while to exercise all of them yeah and uh so, that was too bad the so connection. we re- yeah we re- replayed the miller singers yeah which no one complained about no didn't i so episode 72 is uh, holding it's a placeholder at this point we'll have to re-record that or or first time recording going on i said martin luther king jr where were you do you remember where you were what year was he shot? 1967. Okay, I wasn't even in school. 68? I had no awareness of any news at age four. Where were you? Maybe it was 19. 19- I was in, little known fact, I think it was the first president of Clark College who was not a BVM. Oh, okay. I think traditionally all of the presidents of Clark, mm-hmm. Reverend, uh, Dr. Robert Giroux, G-I-R-O-U-X, in the late 1960s, was president. And he and his lovely wife had a uh, gaggle of children. Can I say that? You can say gaggle. Their oldest son, Robert, and I were classmates at St. Patrick. I was in his home up on Highland Grove Terrace area, Mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. on the hill there. Mm -hmm. And um, the news broke. At least it broke to me, and I think it broke to, well, I think it broke to everyone because I can still remember being in what I'll call a living room and there was a television of some sort and Mm -hmm. the bulletin came across Mm -hmm. that Martin Luther King had been shot. Mm -hmm. Now, I would have only been... 10 years old, Mm -hmm. but I knew who Reverend King was, Mm. and I held him in whatever esteem a 10-year-old could be. The doctor, the president of the college, I remember, was on second floor and coming down the stairway like a MGM movie, Mm. and his son, my classmate, shouts, Dad, Dad, they've shot Martin Luther King, and he was... was, uh, Fastening cufflinks or something on his as he came down the stairway. Off, and I remember his words, at least this is how I remember his words. He's, his, his reply was, 
this is going to have significant ramifications. Now, that sounds like the president of a college, doesn't it? it? This is going to have significant ramifications. And he came closer then as he he got in and whatever subsequent uh, news report. And he was more interested than we were 10 years old. Mm -hmm. But one of those items, where were you when Mm -hmm. King was shot? Mm -hmm. Where were you when JFK was shot? Six days old, I have no memory. Where were you? First grade in Mrs. Flanagan's St. Patrick class. I can mm-hmm. remember that. First grade. And I remember an announcement coming over. This is what, November 22nd, November mm-hmm. 23rd, 22nd. something like that. And um, everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Over the loudspeaker that came in through all of the classrooms, uh, somebody led the rosary. And... Um, and we first graders prayed the rosary for JFK. Mm-hmm. And I knew the rosary mm-hmm. in first grade. Mm-hmm. Praise be to my mother and, and all of my dear aunts doing that. Where else? Uh, what was the other big one? 9-11. People remember where they were yeah. 9-11. I was in the hallway at Han Camp Kruger walking down there, and somebody came in and said, a plane just flew into the World Trade Center. It's on TV. You ought to see it. And we all thought it was a single-engine prop job that mm-hmm. some guy got lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was dispelled. And then uh, how, what was the intermittent time between the second tower? You know, An it, hour? Maybe. It wasn't that long. Because I, that's why so many more people saw that one, because they were still watching from the first one. Live. Yeah. So that's that's one of the three. The the fourth one was uh, Bobby Kennedy, mm. which happened out in California, the mm-hmm. West Coast, and I think it was late at night. Was it the same summer as Martin Luther King yeah. Jr.? That was ugly. 68, 69, yeah. somewhere in there? The convention in Chicago would have been 68. So this would have been late 67. I sh- we should have all those dates down there, and we're doing it from memory. Mm. But... Um, I remember that morning. I don't remember it live. I remember that morning, and I was, well, I was still 10 years old, 67, 68, and I came down getting ready for school, and my mother met me at the foot of the stairs, which she didn't often do. She was up before I am, and I was the oldest, first one coming down, and, you know, that's interesting. Why would a mother come to her 10-year-old son and tell her that. You know, that's the kind of woman my mother is here. But I had a, at least in my mind, I had a pretty decent grip on politics as a 10-year-old. And and uh, she said they shot Bobby Kennedy and he's dead. And, of course, the radios were on. We didn't have TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had TV but didn't watch morning TV, had morning radio. Mm-hmm. That was all over. I think that was a different time and place that because the Kennedys were Catholic and that mm-hmm. was one of the first times Jack was in as president. The first guy to run was Smith, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. L. Smith out of mm-hmm. New York who ran but didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think as Catholics, especially in very Catholic Dubuque in the 1960s, mm-hmm. having the Kennedy boys... Uh, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. That was a big deal. And King was in that same mold. Mm -hmm. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking about what 
I wonder, did fear grip a lot of people? Like, what is happening? Some of these great men with great plans and ideas are being shot. Did it just, like, send terror through people's hearts? Well, I don't know. I can't speak to that. One, because I was only a child at Mm -hmm. 10 years old, so I couldn't comprehend that question then. It's hard to comprehend it right now. Mm -hmm. I wonder what the adults, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, the the ruling class of Dubuque, what did mm-hmm. they think? Um, it had, they had to do it. Certainly what you just said is, is uh, going through my mind and has been going through my mind. The 60s were a time of anarchy, oh. followed by the uh, Chicago Democratic Convention with right. all of that was going on. So you put all that together and you just wonder if they are just so afraid of what is happening to our world. Right. Our culture, our society. Hasn't changed much in 50 years. Oh, my goodness. What would they say about things that they see now on television? Well, it's bad enough in television, but the reality of what's happened in Kenosha and Minneapolis and on our, on our border and mm-hmm. all of that that's going on. And back then, too, at least as to my memory, you know, you had the evening news that came on at 5 or 6 o'clock, whatever it was, and it was a half hour. Mm-hmm. And that was your news. You might have the radio on at the top of the hour. They would say something. But now it's 24-7 news all the time. And you almost can't get away from it. It's on your computer. It's on no, you can't the, get away from it. Your phone. It's n- nonstop news. Operation Mockingbird. 24-hour news cycles. Here's what you need to worry about now. What's that? Whatever we tell you. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll let you know what it is. But just be in a state of fear. Yes, yes. Yeah. In case you've run out of things to worry about, <laughs> here you are. Yeah. So, Dr. King, wherever you are, may you the light of God shine upon you. Mm-hmm. Good man. Good man. His niece, Elvita, very active in the pro-life movement. Yeah, she is. Very articulate on Mm -hmm. her points there, too. Mm -hmm. She takes no prisoners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know anything about his kids or his family, but his niece, Elvita, so Hmm. a different day, a different time. And the fight's not over. Injustice is rampant. It's everywhere. Mm. Yeah, fight is never going to be over. Hey, this reminds me. You sent this from your fan club. I did? Yeah. Hi, Colleen. Hope you're well. I had an epidural. <laughs> so we've got people who are who are sedated listening to us. <laughs> I, it doesn't say whether or not they needed the epidural to listen to us here. I just that may be weird, but the uh, the title of the chatter seems off for what you guys usually do. I was trying to think of the right words just now, but looked up the definition. The chatter is some, something. No, the chatter is certainly not trivial matters. It just goes right to the point. And the definition that she cut and pasted was chatter is discussing trivial matters in an offhanded way, or I forget the exact definition. But she's right. like, no, that's not you guys. That's you don't not do us. that. So no, we're, we're, we're not just chattering, evidently. They, people are listening thinking, this is heavier than I thought they were going to talk about today. Oh, that woman's a deep thinker. She is. So if she comes up with a better name. Well, I was thinking if it was heavier than chatter, we could call it chewy, but that, that would lose the rest of the audience. 
Isn't that an online order store for pet supplies? Okay, we won't call it Chewy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Maybe that's the next contest. <laughs> the listener shall rename the chatter. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I had replied to her. I said, well, we, we, we feel like it's friends getting together over a cup of coffee chatting about things. Right. And, and when friends do that, they can chat about some Because I think everybody things. should talk about assassinations and world anarchy. <laughs> uh, and politics. Who was it that said that, you know, don't talk about politics or religion? And was it Chesterton said those are the only two things worth talking about? Isn't that the truth? That is the truth. Welcome to the chatter. We're uh, we're in episode seventy three. We already talked about that. What else are we talking about here today? Oh my goodness, we've got so much stuff here lined up on the on the desk. Because I'm glad you're lining it up. Because connecting the dots today wasn't one of my uh, strong points. Here's a couple of things going on. We probably should let know. Good. He's coming back. <gasps> Father Ooh. Greg Bramlage, wow. who has the uh, missionaries of the new evangelization out of the diocese of uh, Tyler, Texas, where Bishop Strickland is. This is his third year. We brought him in three years ago, and mm-hmm. um, he was back again last year. These, this year he'll be at the Church of the Nativity, Sunday the 29th, Monday the 30th, and Tuesday the 31st. These are all January dates at 6.30 here in Dubuque at the Church of the Nativity. I like the way he sets his evenings up. Uh, Sunday night, his theme is the blessing and the curse. Choose the blessing and the curse. Mm -hmm. That's a provocative Mm -hmm. way of going at. Monday night, anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see the uh, carriage on the typewriter. The blessing and the curse, choose life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's choosing the blessing. Yeah, yeah, see, every subject needs an object. The blessing and the curse, choose life. That's Sunday the 29th. Monday, anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then Tuesday night is the last night, Tuesday, January 31st. The battle is not ours, but God's mm-hmm. from Second Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And uh, 6.30 at the Church of the Nativity, which is in Dubuque at 1225 Alta Vista. And you can contact the parish or call mm-hmm. us for mm-hmm. more information. No tickets necessary, standing room only. Well, it was. That's what I was going to say. This is the third time he's been to town. And the other times that he's been here, the previous two Februaries, it's a full church. People are hungry. And there's, what, 700, 800 seats? Mm-hmm. I think at least so people are hungry for what he has to say. So we got a note from Father Yupa. Please encourage Catholic and Protestant friends to attend. This is, it's Catholic, but it's non-denominational. Does that make any sense? It's ecumenical or something. Something yeah. like that. So yeah. this is all about healing. Mm. Not only physical healing, but more importantly, emotional and mm. spiritual healing. A lot mm-hmm. of conversions going on. Mm-hmm. Although I've seen people with better eyesight, better, better, um, Oh, body movement. Yeah, and, he goes the shoulders. If your shoulders have been rotator given pain, cuff it was thing, people. Yeah. yeah, and people stood up and, you know, gave their testimony. Should we just capture, kidnap Mark Hager and take him over? He needs, we, we, he we need needs prayers the for Mark. Yeah, poor he's, Mark. He's had just a quick update on that. Mark's been wanting to be on the show, but he's had uh, 
a rough go of it. He's had some surgery. He's had some MRIs. He's had some pain. Sometimes it's better and sometimes it's not. So keep Mark Hager in your prayers. Poor guy. So we'll get that going. Yeah, this this mission will be good. Father Bramlage never disappoints. Yeah, we'll talk more about that as we as we get closer. And this one I know is near and dear to most everybody, but particularly you, Colleen, over in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. The Coalition for Life is having their March for Life on the 21st. When That's mm-hmm. going to be this... Um, well, that's, that's going to that, be that's when today. they're here. That's, that's today. As you hear Saturday. it, it's today. Yeah. Um, St. Matthew's Catholic Church, that's on First Avenue. There'll be soup and uh, a program with the guest speaker, Dr. Brian Saunders. More information can be found at lifeiowa.org. This is 11 o'clock Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in Dubuque, we would have our Walk for Life as well. We would start at the gazebo. Right. Right, and we'd end up at the KC Hoffer uh, Chili Luncheon. But I was happy to hear that Dubuque County Right to Life now has decided instead of having that Walk for Life this year, we'll celebrate the Dobbs decision in June, which is way better time of year to be outside. So they'll have something celebrating Wimp. the Dobbs decision. <laughs> well, you, you don't like blizzard, although this January has been mild. It's been a mild winter. We're grateful for that. So, yeah, so shout out to all our pro-life friends in Cedar Rapids that are um, heading out on the March for Life. So very good. Very and good. if you're listening and you've got your organization, parish or whatever uh, organization might be, and you've got something that you want announced on the chatter on KCRD's mobile app and the broadcast signal and in the bellowing ox. Just Mm. get it over to us. Preferably not a week before the event. How about (laughs) two or three months before the event? Do that. We're at the end of segment one of episode 73 of the chatter and we will be right back with more chatter Chatter. (laughs) after this. We're back in the Chatterbox here in the Crossfires, episode 73. What else is going on that's really um, got me going? You you followed the stories on the gender dysphoria going on and responses and not responses going? Yeah, you know, we, we have been known to be kind of harsh on some of our hierarchy and their decisions. Um, so when they do something right, we want to give them a shout out. When they do something right, Mm -hmm. we want to acknowledge that and praise them for it. And along those lines, I want to bring up the the Diocese of Des Moines. Des Moines, Iowa. Bishop Johnson. Bishop Johnson from Loris College. I'm sure most of our um, listeners will remember him. Plus, I think he was at Resurrection for a year or two as an associate. He was. That's been a while. Years ago. Anyway, Bishop Johnson is the bishop of uh, Des Moines, Iowa, and they came up with the Gender Identity Guide and Policies for the Diocese of Des Moines take, that take effect today, January 16th. Rather well crafted and written, in my opinion. Very well crafted and written, and very, very gentle. When mm-hmm. you read this document, I mean, it starts out by saying... You know, the Diocese of Des Moines fervently hopes that all persons experiencing gender dysphoria 
know what the Catholic Church tirelessly affirms that they are unconditionally loved by Jesus Christ and the Church, and that they are vital members of the body of Christ who have a home in the family of God. That sets the tone right there. Wasn't that easy? Right? Right? It sets the tone. Of course they're loved by God. Right. Of course. So, um, to And th- doesn't this diffuse all of the arguments that have been thrown out, all of the misinformation that want to call people racist or haters or, mm-hmm. or um, promulgating untruths, mm-hmm. whatever goes on here. Mm-hmm. He and um, Bishop, Bishop Johnson and whoever else helped him craft that mm-hmm. did a marvelous job of this. Marvelous job of setting the stage, framing the issue right from the get-go from a place of love. With charity. Love with charity, truth with charity, mm-hmm. right? Because to not say the truth about this issue is not charitable. That's not loving. No. No, to, to hide, to duck the issue, to not, to abdicate the teaching role of the church and the, and the teachers, the bishops, is not charity at all. And this certainly had to be well thought out. And perhaps he had a thought or two along the mm-hmm. way about well, do I preach? Do I not? He's a pretty smart guy. Very. But basically, he summarizes toward the end, he summarizes the Catholic Church teaching regarding the human person, how we are created in the image and likeness of God, that our biological sex is a gift from God and is unchangeable. Again, truth with charity. Um, and gender is inseparable from your biological sex right okay now 10 years ago this wouldn't have even been a subject a controversial subject yeah it would not have been the chatter topic over coffee let's say that it would not have been so then some of their policies that they are putting into effect as of today january 16th it says these policies are established as binding for diocesan parishes schools organizations, and institutions of the Catholic Church in the Diocese of Des Moines. And it says the first one is, as a general rule, we recognize a person's biological sex, which means your pronouns will match your biological sex. (laughs) Now, whoever thought, I mean, sometimes you feel like we've gone so far from common sense. Well, here's what it is. I, it, it struck me in prayer recently. This is an assault against truth. You're right. This is an assault against truth, and the truth is not something. The truth is someone. Mm-hmm. When you when you look at these topics of transgenderism and and gender dysphoria and homosexuality and all of that, this these are all an assault against truth. They are saying God made a mistake, Mm -hmm. if there is a God at all to be acknowledged, Mm -hmm. and we're going to rectify that. Mm -hmm. How was it written in the Roe decision that, or was it Casey, that said, at the heart of the matter is, is, I'm paraphrasing, at the heart of the matter is man's control of his destiny. Mm -hmm. You've forgotten the point that God is the creator and you are the creature. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're right, it's an assault on truth. I mean, it's 
it's crazy talk. It's an assault on the truth. And the truth is uh, who we are gender is the same as our biological sex. Um, and I know a lot of people on a bigger platform than the chatter in Dubuque, Iowa, are not allowed to say these things. Well, and I think the tyranny of this is like a wildfire. Have you seen the number of email signatures that come into your box from Mm -hmm. Fortune 50 or 1,000 companies that Mm -hmm. are requiring or encouraging their employees in their signature line Mm -hmm. to put their pronouns? I see it, and I'm not on social media, but now and again you'll get something from someone emailed to you, and it has an insight to their social media. Mm And they have their pronouns on it. I, I don't want to know your pronoun. You are a child of God, mm-hmm. and you are, that's your pronoun. Child of God is your pronoun. Child of God is your pronoun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's really sad because at, at the bottom of it, people that feel they do not correspond to their biological sex, they, they're struggling Sure they, they need are. help. Sure they are. They do not need to be affirmed in their confusion. And, and on that point, there's a uh, local media outlet on their emails. Not only do they have their pronouns, but they have a link that says, why are these pronouns important? And you click on the, well, that is just devilish. Mm-hmm. That, that is enabling someone mm-hmm. in not the truth. Right. right. That, is, that is confirming them in error. This is what Bishop Johnson does so well. Mm-hmm. He clarifies lovingly and in charity the truth mm-hmm. without, well, it's the skill of a surgeon separating truth from falsehood mm-hmm. he does does a marvelous job does it very where did we well. pull this up at where did you find that oh let's see i found it at dmdiocese.org www.dmdiocese.org and it, it's made national news has it oh it's made international news and i just have to say i hope every diocese in iowa follows this pattern I would hope they often speak with one voice. This would be a uh, one-voice topic. And it would be nice to see the brother bishops and I will back him up. Yeah, sure would. Right? But I thought that he did a great job on that document. So shout out to Bishop Johnson on a document well done. And hasn't Archbishop Aquila over in Des, uh, Des Moines, over in Denver, done something similar? He's done something similar, and there have been a couple other dioceses that have also courageously said something similar. So, you know, there are some bishops out there who are, who are speaking up. It says something about our society when you have to speak, I suppose it's been that way in any time. The Arian heresy must have been a tumultuous time to speak the truth, but... yeah. But one one of the things, you know, too, about this that we don't hear is how many poor souls that underwent uh, gender-changing surgery regret it. Oh, sure. They don't get a lot of press, by the way. No. That that gets buried by the uh, the agenda. Yeah, so the poor poor people that are so confused and, and don't even know this, and, and then they do drastic things, mutilate their body, 
they are to be pitied and true charity would help them um, come into line with how God made them. The other thing I think uh, is related to this is any more, you know, when I was growing up, some girls were just tomboys. Sure. It didn't mean they were boys. Mm-hmm. It meant they liked to be athletic or whatever. It didn't mean they were boys. No, not at all. So, you know, sometimes I wonder if I had grown up now, because I was a tomboy, if people would be suggesting to me, well, maybe you're really a boy. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Can we not let girls just be tomboys, be athletic, do that stuff? Can we not let some um, boys... Um, you know, explore their creative side if they're more artistic or musical. Can we not let that happen right. without making them change their gender? Yeah, and and what seems to be a very great tragedy that's it pops up in the news occasionally is the number of parents who are precluded from intervention and knowledge. One, they aren't told by school districts. There's a number of school districts municipalities, state law, other other countries who are proposing or enacting or enforcing legislation that says it's illegal to tell a parent about what's going on with their child in the school systems. Hmm. It ain't reading, writing, and arithmetic anymore. It's really an indoctrination of hmm. ideology, which is, which is de- demonic. And people who say, well, that's a strong statement, Oglesby. If it isn't of God, if it isn't of God, it's demonic. It's, it's scriptural. All of the gods of, of the uh, pagans are demons. Mm-hmm. And if anything in your public school system, pray that it never happens in a private Catholic school system, happens with respect to this dysphoria. Mm-hmm. This, it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And why do we call it dysphoria? I mean, we soften everything, don't we? We, we do. We, we sanitize it. It's 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 dysphoria. It, no, it's it's diabolical. And you're right. It's a lie, and we know who the father of lies is. Correct. A liar, a father of lies, and how does it finish? A murderer from the beginning. And so we're killing body, and hopefully we're not killing soul. Yeah. So I I pray that more people would just have that courage to, in charity, tell people the truth. And we pray for parent rights, Mm. that parents uh, stand strong and united. I tell you what, this might sound um, over the top, but it certainly would get some people's attention. School districts are funded by enrollment. Mm -hmm. If you're in a school district and they're putting this kind of nonsense, this, this and and it's coming, it's in, it's in Iowa, it's in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin and Illinois, Unenroll. Mm-hmm. These are your children, the most precious gift you have. Mm-hmm. Your children. You have a responsibility to them to witness God in the truth. And it doesn't take half of the parents to, to pull their kids out of school. You'll upset these budgets with an 8 or 10% decline in enrollment. Mm-hmm. And along that same line, I saw, and I'm going to forget which school board it was in the country, but some parents are very upset with the school board and the decisions they were making along these lines that were diabolical. 
And they voted them all out, and they have a whole new school board that of men and women that want to follow God's law. The truth. The truth. So, you know, school boards are not untouchable. You can you can act through enrollment or unenrolling your kids, and you can run for school board. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a it's a shame. Sad day. It's a sad day. But anyway, so I, I just wanted to give some shout out to Bishop Johnson and and his team that crafted that statement, and hopefully it'll be coming soon to the Archdiocese of Dubuque. And so here's a commentary on that. Just with respect, I'll rewind to the parental notifications mm-hmm. and their involvement in decisions. You know, they say that children, they being the ones who are promulgating this this falsehood, these lies about about children. So you're, we're, let's frame it. We're talking about people in kindergarten and first grade and certainly in the grammar schools up through junior high school that are making this here and and they want to give them autonomy give these students autonomy to determine who's the uh, big guy i i enjoy his i don't always agree with bill maher Mm. but he is entertaining and he is articulate Mm -hmm. but he had a great line on this that says leave these kids alone Mm -hmm. leave these kids alone he said i wanted to be a pirate when I was a small lad in grade school. And he said, thankfully, they left me alone because they would have poked out my eyes and sawed my left leg off below the knee so I had a peg leg. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to be a pirate. Think about that, moms and dads. You need to take an active, active part what's going on. I had another commentator that said something on the same lines. So these are the same students who... At the age of grade school, mm-hmm. grades two, three, five, six, they want to indoctrinate them with the autonomy of making decisions regarding their gender. But by the time they get to college, they don't understand the responsibilities and the ramifications of paying back their student loan. Ooh, did that cut both ways. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, for Catholic teaching, Catholic teaching is that parents are the primary educators of their children. Say that again, would you please? Parents are the primary educators of their children. That's Catholic church teaching because that's truth. God gave you children. You're the primary educators of your child. Um, You know, no outsourcing certain things. Certain things need to be taught by the parents, and one of them is right from wrong. And the truth about God and how He made them in the in His image and in His likeness. Mm-hmm. So, parents, that's your that's your responsibility to God. So, we just came out of the holiday season, which is a time when we get together for parties and office parties and cocktail parties and gift exchanges. And thankfully, I had no secret Santa this year. Well, that's right. Now that you're retired, yeah. I'm, ever since. I found out Santa's secret. It's not been the same. So anyway, <laughs> but ran into a couple of, I, there are no coincidences. I ran into uh, over, what, 30, 40 days uh, during the holiday party season. And they said it the same way, but in different ways. I regret having outsourced my children's mm. education to strangers. Mm. Mm. 
Think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Parent, uh, you know, a, a dad who's wakening to current events and circumstances mm-hmm. and making a statement, I regret. You can't undo that. You can't go back. You can only uh, rectify the past by improving the future. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he's still got time. But, you know, it's amazing what children learn in their years two, three, four, six, seven, eight years old, mm-hmm. they, they are really forming lifelong world views. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they know that. They're targeting children. I think it was the psychologist Watson that said, give me a child until he's seven and I'll have him the whole rest of his life. Because those first seven years are so um, you know, essential to, to your understanding of life after that. Wow. That molds you. Don't know who Watson was, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> You're listening to The Chatter. This is the second segment. We'll be back with number three right after these announcements. You're in the Chatterbox. I'm Tom Oglesby. Colleen Pasnick is with us. And... Um, this day is flying by. It is flying by. We're recording on the on the January twenty uh, third. Uh, no, mm-hmm. excuse me, January sixteenth, and uh, we got a thunderstorm today. Mom said that I did not hear it. Pouring outside. I would hate to own a um, ski resort. Oh, I know. God bless them. What's going on? So we were talking about all the dysphoria going on in society with our children and their uh, identity as children of God and how they were made with their sex, their gender, the dysphoria and all of that. Mm-hmm. You had some interesting reads on social trends here. Yeah, so I saw this story, and actually the New York Times published it. LifeSite News was um, mentioning On, on their heels? Yeah, the New York Times published an interesting report on the declining rate of teen pregnancy in the United States. Mm-hmm. The report was titled, Their Mothers Were Teenagers, They Didn't Want That for Themselves. Right. The report notes that the number of high school students who say they have had sex has dropped by 29%. That's huge. Yeah, that is huge. That's huge. That's a, that's a huge bump. And praise God for that, for chastity. But, you know, buried within this is um, the statistics that, that uh, I mean, it's, it's inside baseball. There's some commentators saying that there's a generation that has no interest in having mm. sex at all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which... I, I get that. We're, we're talking about chastity within mm-hmm. a vocation, that, that uh, it's marriage with one man and one woman. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is, well, they're not having premarital sex, but they're not having marital at all. They're not getting married. Mm-hmm. If they are getting married, mm-hmm. they're getting married later in life. Mm-hmm. And if they are getting married later in life, they're having children later in life, mm-hmm. or they're having a dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's good news, but 
we're, we're really looking at a, a population bomb, and, it, and it's not an explosive bomb. It's, it's an imploding bomb. Well, that's right. You know, for years it was the population is exploding and the yeah. population bomb is what going off. What was that guy's and, name from 1960? Yeah, it's on I'd the tip of my tongue. I know. Ehrlich? Oh. Not Ehrlich. Mm. Is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Paul Ehrlich. Paul Ehrlich? Good, good one. But the truth is quite the opposite. Right. There's a demographic winter coming. There's an implosion of people. Um, not enough people. Here is the, um, the number that I was looking for. Data from the National Survey of Family Growth has shown that between 1988 and 2015, the percent of teenage boys ages 15 to 19, 15 to 19, who had ever had sexual intercourse fell from 60% mm-hmm. to 38%. And again, that's big. They're not married. They shouldn't be having it. Bravo. Right. They shouldn't be having it, but they were. But now it's fallen from 60% to 38% of teenage boys. That's that's a, a incredible. And this, during the same time period, the percentage of teenage girls age 15 to 19 um, who had ever had sexual intercourse fell from 51%, so about half, to 42%. Again, good news. What's it say about average age of marriage and average age of uh, childbearing first, first yeah, child? Yeah, that's been going up for a long time. Right. Average age of marriage has been going up. This article doesn't cover that, but it's it's just astounding. That drop is just astounding. Yeah. Praise God for it, but... That was, was that the first or the second? That was the second directive. First directive, don't eat on that tree. Two, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was the second commandment before the commandments were. Right. But anyway, so that's kind of, that's that's hopeful. I think. Yeah. I think. That's hopeful. And the fact that they're doing it because they saw their mothers who made different choices and struggled. And they said, we don't want that for ourselves. Well, that's a good lesson to learn. It is. And a lot of times you will see that pendulum swing from one generation, you know, it's over here, and then it swings, and the next generation's on the other side. But um, regardless, I hope the trend continues. I do, and I want to see that pendulum with respect to marriage Mm -hmm. and having children within marriage. Mm -hmm. Uh, That pendulum seems to, I see a lot of families with very nice size families. Mm. What would be a nice size family in your opinion? Well, my dad was the oldest of 13. I'm the oldest in, in his family of seven. Um, you know, and I don't know what kind of pressures socially they might have had going on. I can remember a lot of people talking about grandma having 13 children. They were all my older brothers and sisters, so I'm the oldest grandson. I didn't know if I was number 14 or if I was just the oldest <laughs> grandson. Of that I mean, that, that multi-generational family, mm-hmm. grandma, grandpa, mm-hmm. dad, you know, that we were all there. I mean, you would, uh, a Sunday meal, Sunday afternoon meal, you know, she'd go through 20 or 30 pounds of potatoes. Wow. On just an average Sunday, not on, on any holiday. Given, no, no, on, on <laughs> any given Sunday. Yeah. And by the way, they ate. Monday through Saturday. So, um, 
I don't get people when they look at that. I keep thinking in my dad's family, these aunts and uncles who were like brothers and sisters, who would you do without? Yeah. Who would you do without? Yeah. And with my brothers. Uh, and we lost Mike in 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm still not over that. Yeah. I don't think you ever do get... I can't imagine what my mother and father mm-hmm. go through. It's it's hard enough losing a brother or a sister, but to lose a child, they mm-hmm. say, is a pain beyond, and and time doesn't heal. No, no. So what's a good-sized family? I don't know. Yeah, but it, it is a shame if someone, if a couple only has one child and something happens to that child. Sure. Yeah. The pain of not being able to have a child mm-hmm. but the courage of couples who adopt mm-hmm. yep yep and i'm sure you can attest to that running a maternity home having mm. all kinds of stories you can't tell anyone about <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> the seal of the inn <laughs> not the seal of the confessional no the, the seal, seal of, of the, the inn. inn yeah we can't talk about it yeah well, so um, this will air on January 21st and 22nd, and I think we got Catholic schools coming up at the end of this month, don't we? We do, and it is coinciding always with St. Thomas Aquinas, the patron saint of schools, Catholic schools, and he is our patron saint. Our namesake. Our namesake coming up. You know, and we talk about school districts across the country and in the state, I don't think Dubuque understands just how lucky they are. they got a pretty decent school system here, the public school system. But they have a fantastic Holy Family school system here. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there. I just got the, uh, what they call this, uh, scan- it's not a scandal sheet, but it's a scandal sheet. Is uh, it called SOAR? Thank you. From the- yeah, yeah, there it is. Soar on the front page there. The Holy Family Newsletter. Uh, Beautiful publication. Leading the way. New administrative appointments here. Maria Reeves is now the principal over at Wallard Catholic. Doug Varley, there's a name of legacy name. My classmate. Doug's your classmate? Mm Mm-hmm. He's the associate principal, dean of students. Daniel Toll, principal at Mazzacalli. Mazzacelli Catholic School. He's the product of Seton Catholic Schools in the Out county. west there. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Conradi is the uh, principal of Our Lady of Guadalupe. That's a standing room only uh, ticket, mm-hmm. trying to get into there. Hmm. And Sister Catherine Stewart over at the uh, St. Columkill Elementary. Um, And boy, do they do a nice job. Yeah, you know, for a small town, Dubuque has been very blessed with Catholic schools, starting, you know, kindergarten grade one all the way through grade 12. Not every city has has that. As my old friend Jim O'Hara says, the trouble with a thankless job is you get no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes... Working in the school district can be a, a, a thankless job, but uh, to Maria, to Doug, to Daniel, Kathleen, and Sister Catherine Stewart, thank you very much for all that they they do over there. Mm-hmm. What a vibrant community, and, and the number of volunteers that have put together uh, 
well, really a revitalization, uh, mm-hmm. millions of dollars in, in renovation from Wallard built in the late 50s. Mm-hmm. Not much done for it for a bunch of years, but mm-hmm. in the last decade, when that's going on. I'm looking at the Soar magazine here. Meet Mabel. Do you know who Mabel is? I do not. She's a four-year-old Labrador retriever. <laughs> and what grade is she in? She is a, she's certified in Canines for Christ. What? I'm serious. <laughs> Mabel is a is a uh, she's canines for Christ. She's a four year old lab up at the uh, Wallard Catholic family here. They didn't have that. They didn't have that when I was there. When we were there. When we were there. What else? I was looking in here. There's uh, it's a nice magazine they put this mm-hmm. together. Uh, Tim Burning's in here. Wallard chemistry teacher, track and field. Bob Knoll. We all know Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, did a nice job of recognizing the uh, seniors and their upcoming graduations going on. Uh, Brian Kane is in here. You know, uh, Brian really instrumental pulling a lot of the strings to get Wallard on track, the track that it is on here. What a what a great program they've put together here over the years but i well i guess if i looked at my bookmarks i'd find them colleen there they are you were going to mention uh what what did you call it a hall of fame the hall of uh honor 2022 rob mcdonald the professional achievement award rob mcdonald danny corkin rising young alumni he's from 2003 Uh, margaret welter holy family catholic school service award and Frank O'Connor, we all know Frank, hmm. Outstanding Service Award. So hmm. Brian Kane's in here, uh, Dave Becker, Greg Burbach, for all of the stuff that they've done to put that together. You know, they, they really rolled up their sleeves and got things going. And then the Athletic Hall of Fame, Jude Berger, class of 98, Randy Skemp from the class of 74, I remember that, that state basketball tournament run that they made with Eggers and Skimp and Kaiser and who else was on that. That was, uh, they didn't get it, but boy, they were fun to watch. John Rentmeyer, class of 82, and Steve Eim, class of 10. That's the Waller Catholic High School Athletic Hall of Fame. So it's Catholic Schools Week, and uh, again, Part of the reason why you hear these reports on the chatter about school districts all and the stuff is happening, and you can say, well, that ain't happening to Dubuque. These are the guys why it ain't happening to Dubuque. Mm, yeah. They're holding the line. Yep, they're holding the line. And there's Catholic schools outside of Dubuque, but within our listening area. What do you got? Because we've got, you know, obviously the ones that we've just mentioned, the Holy Family Catholic Schools, but just west of town, out in uh, Piasta, Epworth Farley, the Seton System. Mm-hmm. Great system out there with lots of good people. And heading further down Highway 20 to Dyersville, you've got, of course, uh, Xavier Grade School, and then you've got Beckman sure. Middle School and High School. Xavier and Beck, Boy, those are turned into some rivalries in the athletic conference, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And going up to Holy Cross, you have LaSalle, but there used to be a high school up there. Leo, Holy Cross Holy, Leo. Holy Cross Leo, yep. Yep, going a little southwest, we've got Cascade Aquin School sure. System down there. Always do, doing a great job. And then down in Bellevue, we've got um, the Marquette Catholic School System. It used to be St. Joe's and then Marquette, but I think it's now called, the whole thing is called Marquette. Is that what I it believe. is? I believe. Yeah, even the grade school. So 
Um, Columbus out in Waterloo. Mm-hmm. Columbus out in Waterloo. Even even Manchester has. Um, what does Manchester have? How come it's not coming up on my computer? Monticello, Sacred Heart Catholic. Manchester has a cross, but then nothing comes up when I click on it. Whoa. Independence. Independence. Yeah. Wow. So some a lot of good, a lot of good Catholic schools. One up in Guttenberg, St. Mary's. So, yeah, a lot of good schools. And that's not even the whole archdiocese. That's just in this corner of the archdiocese. Just in the uh, shadow of our listening area mm-hmm. on FM 98.3 KCRD. But you can go anywhere with the Aquinas Communications mobile app, keyword KCRD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to think. I don't know if there's anybody up there at Wallert from when I was there. Well, you mentioned Doug Barley, and John Rettmeyer was also a classmate. Yeah. But back then... I'm talking faculty and staff for me. I'm, yeah, back then, I don't know. I think there were maybe 550 in my class. Yeah. How many in your class? Yeah, about the same. Yeah. I think all told, there were more than 2,000 mm-hmm. students in the uh, Wallers. And I have fond memories at Wallert High School. Those were six of the best years of my <laughs> life. Yeah, I have a lot of fond memories of Wallert High School, too. Speaking of that... We're going to tease the audience. We're going to get them in here. Vince, Are we're, bring, we're bringing good. Vince in. Good, good. He needs to be on the chatter. Because uh, he, he will call me up while it's airing, and he will argue, debate, or just converse. Tom, you, you're, you're, you're not right. You're, no, Vince, we are right. So anyway, <laughs> we're going to get him on here. What the topic will be, who knows with who Vince. Who knows with Vince. But, you know, I think a lot of Dubuqueers will know him because I don't know how long he taught it. Well, we'll have to ask him. 103 years. At least. I think he taught, yeah, many, many years. So lots of people know him um, from his days at Wallard. So I'm I'm looking forward to bringing him in. I think he'd be a good oh, he will. co-host on the chatter he will. here. And we love the local voices on the chatter. We can't wait to get Mark back here. God bless mm, him yeah. to get him here. Yeah, and the Brad Markham and Brad Miller. And not that it isn't great just chattering with you, but no, it's always nice no. to few more people there's always things going on indeed so maybe if someone out there has a suggestion for someone they'd like to hear on the chatter well we'll have to ask the woman who had the epidural for suggestions (laughs) about what's going on here (laughs) i keep keep kidding that she was uh listening to uh some timothy leary song (laughs) well well on the chatter here is uh Or the, uh, what, that was Jefferson Starship, wasn't it? The White Rabbit or something. <laughs> well, and we do have some national guests that we'll be chatting with now that we've got our gaggle service, hopefully up and working. I think it's working well yeah. here, doing yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we've chattered for another hour, Colleen. Another show in the can. I believe it. Episode 73 is coming to an end. I'd like to thank all of the sponsors and the listeners. Don't forget to download that mobile app. You can hear us on demand. You can mm-hmm. hear us live. You can hear all sorts of great things on the on the mobile app, and it takes you outside the terrestrial signal of FM 98.3 KCRD Dubuque. Let's end with the name of the Father and the Son and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to, to the, the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and ever shall be. be world without end. Amen. Tune in again next week to the chatter. We love you. See ya.